Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Hello. Welcome to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I am your host, Adam Lund. I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Boucher, this is my favorite time of year, man. MasterChef finale. Okay, yeah. Amazing race finale. Mm-hmm. Baseball races to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Not a big baseball guy, but I do enjoy postseason baseball. The mm-hmm. NFL has begun. We're 2-0. Makes this much easier. NHL camp's underway, and we made it through the preseason. The regular season is upon us. How you doing? Uh, so, you know what's funny about the NFL season? So, ever since you picked the Bengals, they're 0-2. <laughs> I know. Um, so, it's like I the... Uh... Fun fact, my wife in fantasy football picked the uh, Joey Burrow as their quarterback. Oh, man. Joe Mixon as their running back. And Jamar Chase as her wide receiver. So she went triple stack. She's 2-0, and but they are 0-2. Yeah. So I did see a stat where, because Burrow doesn't play in the preseason, he's like 1-7 in the first two weeks since mm-hmm. his career. So He's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around, but I'm feeling that. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> It's been a while since we cursed something, though. Yeah, it was your curse. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't pick him. No, I know. The only curse I picked was the Aaron Rodgers Achilles uh, injury. Yeah. <laughs> and all. Yeah. Taking the Jets. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, Master Chef. Haven't really paid attention to it. But amazing race finale. Uh, by the time everybody listens to this, it'll be over. But we'll get over. into it next week. Come on, uh, Team Ticat. Yeah. Uh, what else did you say? Uh, hockey, baseball. Hockey, baseball. The Blue the Jays team. are a roller coaster of emotions right now. Uh, getting swept by Texas and then thinking it's over, and then the Blue Jays sweeping the Red Sox and the Rangers getting swept by Cleveland and Seattle and Seattle. So they're Literally in a playoff spot. I saw someone had a tweet. It was like, at the start of the Texas series, the Blue Jays had a 79%. Then they got swept, and it went down to like 28% to make the postseason. Yeah. And then yeah. with them sweeping the Red Sox and Texas and Seattle, they're back right up to yeah. 79%. Like, it just would have it, – it drives me crazy what a win or two against Texas would have done. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, that's just that's just baseball, and – they, they bounce back, and they got to keep going because now they get the Yankees, and it's not going to get any easier. No, I think they've only got division 12, opponents, right? Yeah, 12 games left in the season. And they can't beat Baltimore. No. And Tampa Bay always plays them tough, which, mm-hmm. based on where they're standing, I think they'd have to go through Tampa Bay in the first. They'd go to Tampa Bay, and then they'd go to Baltimore, I believe. Yep. Like, for best-case scenario, I think they want to end up the sixth seed. So they avoid Tampa Bay, and they avoid having to go to Baltimore because baseball doesn't reseed. Yeah. So it's whoever you play. So they would end up playing, I think, Cleveland or – no, mm-hmm. Minnesota. They'd end yeah. up playing Minnesota. Which would be great because you're right there for people from Manitoba. Yeah. You know, and I just, I'm just i just going crazy. I mean, it's – what a week. <laughs> you know, what a week. NHL rookie games are started. Have you watched any of them? Um, no. No, because they're in Penticton. And yeah, there's like a four hour difference. Yeah. You don't start till eight thirty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't paid attention. I yeah. couldn't even tell you who's still at camp and who's doing well. Moran and... was there today or when Monday. Yeah. Lounsbury I think is still there. Moran had the assist on the, on the OT, game, OT yeah. winner. Um I don't know about Plandowski because he didn't play the first game in New Jersey. Loshing sump, haven't heard anything about them. They're I think they're still there because I did see uh some some pump. Put a picture of himself okay. from the from the uh, team on his Instagram. So, okay. uh, but at least he's there. But yeah, it's it's the best time. Like I used to hate the fall living in Alberta because well it'd be snowing by now. Yeah. But now when you actually live in a place where you get a fall, mm-hmm. and my daughter's coming out in next week, and I'm just legit pumped just to drive around and show her that hey the leaves turn red, and it's plus twenty in October. Yeah. That is. Amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's uh, get a jam-packed show. Uh, we're finishing up our Maritime Preview, and it's our prediction episode, so let's get to this. Uh, don't forget, as always, you can follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Monk to Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, Wildcat, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and, of course, like and subscribe here on the YouTube, which you will notice is becoming a little bit more active on the TikTok and the YouTube side because there's a lot of work, people. So we have brought on a producer to help grow our show. Um, it is fan of the show, Kyle Lyons. He will be joining us for the ride. He will be along for the ride all season, um, producing content on YouTube, uh, allowing me to post on TikTok and Instagram, and just keeping you guys up to date as best we can um, this season. And the Wildcats are doing their part to help mm-hmm. us do that with preseason interviews so far. 
Yeah, for sure. It's been uh, it's been great. Uh, I just have to remember not to wear my work clothes, and uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. be okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get some news notes. News and notes from around the queue. And because I hit that button, there's absolutely no news on the show. But wasn't that uh, goalie from Quebec? Didn't he have an album drop that yeah. you forgot to talk about last week? Yeah. So uh, it's, I wouldn't necessarily call it an album. Oh, okay. Um, it's called Sounds of My Thoughts because it's it's just sounds. Right. Right. There's no there's no vocals uh, or anything, but um, it's 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 a different. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of um, uh, who's the. Not, not um, like a kind of like a Mac Miller yeah. vibe, okay. you know, when it comes to the uh, to, to the sounds. So uh, so far, what I've heard is is really really creative, uh, really neat, and uh, you know, if he can start getting some vocals into his music, you yeah. know, it might actually he's uh, he's got a future. You know, oh, so there's no it, vocals in it. It's no just, vocals. It's oh, okay. just sounds sounds of oh, my okay. thoughts and. Uh, I was thinking sounds like music and then thoughts was mm-hmm. him putting things on paper. For yeah, that. so there's there's no vocals. No, oh, okay. um, it's just uh, whatever you call it there, instrumental, is yep. that what it's called? Yeah. And But no, it, it's good. Like if he can get around to, this is obviously Qu- uh, Quinton Miller that we're talking about, goalie for the Ramparts. Uh, if he can get around to adding some vocals to that, he's. Uh, I think he's got a, a, good, uh, a good future. That's awesome. All right, well, that was last week's news, but it came out, I think, on Monday, and I hit the button by accident, so... Uh, Training camp time. <laughs> Wildcast training camp report. Oh, thank God we're done with training camp. We're on to the regular season. The Wildcats uh, ended the preseason with a 9-6 victory in what we call a feisty affair, um, bringing the 2023 preseason to the end with a 2-3-0-1 record. Um, before we look ahead, I mean, just your thoughts on the overall look of Caleb Demoyer and what uh, what he's going to bring to this organization. I mean, scoring 25 seconds in uh, yeah. was was quite something. But uh, for for you know, you know, Richie to tell us that he's only about 80 percent is is crazy because he was very good. Yeah. In that game, so once he eventually gets to 100 percent, he could be of a, a force as early as this year. And uh, him and him and Carrier, you know, together for the next few years. I mean, it's it's been a while since Moncton's had a one-two punch. You know, like uh, like those two guys, and you know, they're, like I said, they're going to be together for for the next three seasons for sure. And I mean, one two punch. We're 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 talking Sebastian Roger and 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 Simola Balte. You know, that's that's a one two punch that we had in you know the mm. late nineties. And you know, you're looking at Connor Garland and whoever the, whoever Steve Johnson or Barbershop, whoever passed him the puck. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. that it's been. It's been a while. That's yeah. how long it's been since we've had a one-two punch like that. And I mean, you could you I could mean, make Pelts and McKenna a little bit. You could make yeah. the argument for that one too, or Pelts or McKenna and uh, Havana. Yeah, like you can make those arguments. But uh, you know, this I think you know Dinoyer and Carrier will. I, when it comes to you know, they probably won't break Gar- Connor Garland's points record, but I think they're that one-two punch will be more significant down the road than whoever would have been passing the puck to Garland. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, I, I think they have what it takes to be the best one, two punch that Moncton has seen since Roger and, and Lay Belte. Like that's, it's been 30 years since we've seen, you know, two players who will play together for so long and build chem- chemistry for years and years and years. You know, you can, you could, okay, the Sony twins will, I mean, they're, they're the brothers, twins. right? <laughs> yeah. And Dinway and Kerry are pretty much brothers, but it's a little different. It's, yeah. it's, it's, but no, it's a very, very exciting time. Um, and it could literally start as early as this year. Brothers from other mothers. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's the biggest takeaway I took is just those guys playing together. And a lot of people wondered, like, will they move them? in a Memorial Cup year and, and this and that. But it, from what we've seen in Sean Carey the preseason, we've told you all year, like, this guy's legit. Um, you add Caleb Denway in, the way they played together, I'm okay having the two 17-year-olds. And there was a lot of people that were worried in a Memorial Cup hosting year, like two 17-year-olds in your top six or whatever. But 
the quality of these two mm. progressing this year, staying healthy, playing together. But even if you separate them, like I, I don't know if they're going to play power play minutes together. But I think Denway plays power play one. I don't know what Carrier gets, but I mean, they had seemed like 18 straight minutes of five on three and Caleb Denway's second goal. He was looking for Sean Carrier right at the mm-hmm. bottom and ended up going off another player and in the net. Yeah. Um, Sean Carrier had a rocket shot on the power play and yeah, the goaltending wasn't what Bathurst goaltending will be this season, but to see the team capitalize on five on threes when goals were a plenty and um, it was good to see them capitalizing, but you put those two players together and then any, any worry of them on our Memorial cup hosting team, if we get that cup is gone. Like there's, there's no worry to it. They are part of that future. Oh well, yeah, for sure. Like they're gonna be part of this year, next year, but this the year after. What that. I'm saying is, this won't be a Larue, Elliot Denway no, situation God, where no. we're moving these two God, for no. players, right? Like John no. Torchetti's uh, not not around <laughs> yeah, anymore, right? Exactly. To, uh, That's what I mean. Like to make deals. Like a lot that. of people were thinking, get these high draft picks and you use them for top end players in a Memorial Cup year. No, it's, mm, these guys are gonna no. be around for a few years. Yeah, you, there there are players on the team this year that, I mean. You could probably dangle at the at the trade period and mm-hmm. get a, a, a decent return. It, it's Dinway and Carrier will be the Wildcats, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if you want to go that far, sure. But you know, these after you know, we're, what are we looking at? 2024, 20, 2025, 2026. I know we're looking way mm-hmm. ahead here. But those are going to be the guys, you know. Those are those are your building blocks, and yeah. um, whether I'm sure they'll still be around. Like, there's no reason why they wouldn't still be around at at, at 18 years old. No, right? And there's those are who you're still two key pieces that you'll still be able to have around um, to help because it's going to be a very young team, probably in, in in three seasons. You know, those are there's your captain, there's your assistant captain, and. Both are going to be fluently bilingual by then, and yeah. it's 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 it looks it looks good. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's look ahead. Um, so I heard on the I was watching the Kelsey documentary on Prime, and I heard the play, the Eagles play by play voice, not Kate Britton's, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Merrill Reese. He uh, he had a saying at the start of it, and I adapted it, and I thought it was perfect for this upcoming season. And it was the Wildcats are going to look better on paper. But put that paper in the shredder now because it's a true measuring stick of what this team's going to be expectation-wise. Like, now we get into it. Now we get going. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just we'll start with the offseason moves. I mean, Bhutan, throughout his games in the preseason, he looks like exceeded my expectation because I've only seen him twice, two, twi- two times a year. Um, he's just so smart on that back end, and mm-hmm. I think he was playing with uh, Forte Jean-Dron. Um the defense of this team and Johnny talked about it last year or last week is going to be very, very good. Yeah. It's going to be probably one of our, our strengths uh, aside from maybe that top, the top line, uh, you know, your, your top four is easily can easily compete with, with the others in the league. Yeah. Right. It's just your bottom three pairing. And even that, like a bottom three pairing of a, you know, a Trent Ballantyne and, and a Grenier, you know, that's those are three two guys that I can you know count on because mm-hmm. your bottom three, you know, they're they're gonna they're still gonna be rolling all six every night, but in most cases, your bottom two guys are are the ones going up against opposing teams' bottom six. Yeah, and I have no problem with them being on the ice against the team's bottom six. Uh, and yeah, Butai is I think he's gonna be a huge part of the team. He's I think he's easily going to be a leader. You know, he's he's been in the playoffs. He he's been a part of really good teams. Uh, he he knows what it's going to take to to get to that next level. Uh, and I think fans are really going to be impressed with him because you're right. They, we didn't see a lot of them last year. And when you're when there's no Wildcats game, how often is somebody going to sit down and watch a Gatineau game? Well, you know, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, and I think so the only I, one I flipped on that wasn't a Wildcat one was. Gatineau and Halifax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once and, it started, once it started getting some Twitter traction, then I jumped on that one. But even still, yeah. If and honestly, like you're, you're looking at a at a player who's, 
going to have a really immediate, significant impact. Yeah. Uh, he will be probably on the second pairing of the power play, and if if not the first, you know, it, it's it's probably going to be Moran Boutin as as your your two. I mean, do you want to put both guys on the first power play? I think they're going to go. I think they go four and one. Yeah, I think they go Mercier, Loshing, um, Gabe Smith to stand in front of the net. Yeah, uh, Moran and Denway. Mm-hmm. It, it's I think, even those two guys. Like, there's if you want to put two defensemen out for a power play, you know, late in the game, you got your you yeah. need a goal. You know, those are probably the two defensemen that you. Or got Moran's had a two minute shift, and you need a guy on the yeah. top power play. Well, Bhutan can step right. Yeah, in. and even Forte Jandron, I mean, looking like a thirty year old man out there. <laughs> yeah, um, that dude. That dude's beard is better than. I don't know what he did in the <laughs> off season. Like there's that Grecian five, that like the hair grower. Yeah. I don't know if he's playing around oh. with that all day, but uh, he's he's looking like a fierce. Uh, and he's like just an a guy we're, we're just and, not going to talk about this no. year. Like you. We're I'll not be surprised if we say his name ten times the entire yeah. season, and that's and that's a good thing because yeah. he's just. Who did I say he reminded me of when we were talking about it? De Young, De Young, yeah. smart in his own zone, a little bit more skill, um, doesn't get out of position a whole lot mm-hmm. so far in this preseason, and just steady on the back end. Yeah. And I think the strength of this team is going to be the back end, where just like last year, Moran's going to be up there um, offensively, points wise, and I think you're going to get a lot of points because this. Defense has an ability to get the puck out quick. Mm-hmm. And there was too many times last year we came on and said, the puck didn't get out, it's in the back of the net. The yeah. puck didn't get out, it's in the back of the net. Yeah, I think we are better in goaltending this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I know people are going to look at Maverick Welk, and they're going to look at his save percentage in the preseason. It's Don't the same it. thing as Steinman. And we're yeah. for the third week in a row, I will tell you, He's a junior B slash junior A goalie mm-hmm. coming to major junior. He's getting beat up top, but he's going to figure that out. Like yeah. He's going to adapt. He makes great saves. He's agile. He's quick. Um, he's just basically a carbon copy of Steinman, and you saw what Steinman did when he got comfortable. I think when you get into November, late December, I think we're going to be content with both goaltenders rolling them out whenever we need to roll them out. Yeah, because there's going to be an adjustment period. Uh, if you look at that game against Bathurst, like, some of his saves were five, like five dollars. Yeah, you know, like ten bell saves, and they just made you like their eye pop, make your eyes pop out of your head. And really, there's maybe a goal or two that he might want back. The you five know, hole one. There's one that the five hole one. Um, <laughs> Forte Jandro's head. There's one that went off. Yeah, one that went off Forte Jandro's head, and then I think one was a stick deflection. Yeah, and the others were just perfect shots, you know. Yeah. And other than that, I mean. He's making the saves that he needs to make, and some of these saves he's making it look, he's making the hard saves look look easy, mm-hmm. and that's that's sounds like Steinman last year, yeah. right? He's um, so honest. Don't um, he's not a goalie that you you want to give up on early because he's he's late. He's technically yeah he's gonna, he's going to play as an eighteen year old, but he's got a late birthday, so he's he's te- still seventeen, I think. So you can't you can't give up on on a on a goalie like that really early. You can see his upside, and uh, you know it's I think it's a perfect compliment to Steinman. You know it's the same thing with you know you had uh, I don't see it happening like last year where Well goes and steals the number one job, but yeah. um, he's a goalie that I think could probably step in and you know play those games against the 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 bottom teams and and help not. Give this time and the rest when he goes up against those, you know, the the bottom teams and and gets the wins and makes the saves makes the saves that he needs to make. And that's the thing is you look at the schedule and you've got back to back in Cape Breton, back to back the next weekend, and then it's just a stretch of three and four, three and four mm-hmm. in the first month of the season. Yeah. So um, he's gonna get playing time and and he's gonna be rewarded with that. And it's gonna be a situation where even if kind of things don't go well like there's an ability to add at the deadline Mm -hmm. and that's richie understands that this is a win now team this is you know they went to the second round now it's time to go to the third round maybe the final four um so i think maverick will be much improved and like richie said we had an experienced goaltender in that and and that's exactly what it is and i'm pretty sure if you go back and listen we had the same chat last year about steinman yep just didn't know what he was going to be, and I think he's. We didn't know. We didn't know yeah. anything about him. No, right. We were basing our 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 opinions on him on a few based on a few 
preseason games. And it's the same thing with, with Welk. I think you and I, we learned our we learned our lesson. Don't judge a goalie based on, on preseason. Yeah. Uh, give it a few months, and then we'll come back and revisit it. I don't want to trade for a goalie this year. Mm. I think it's pointless to trade for a goalie this year. Uh, we've got, if for some reason it doesn't work out, which I, I think I think, I it, think will, it will. I, know, I think it will. Yeah. There's, you know, we were demanding for Filiano to be traded last year. He didn't get traded. He waited until, you know, the summer. Yeah. Right. You, you see if there's any. Don't don't just go and jump the gun and go and trade Virgo. No. And and if you have to have Ma- Maverick up in the breast box for a game or two because it's just not working, it's a guy in Yarmouth that can carry would, the water. I wouldn't for even go that far. I mean, I would just if you need if. He's a, that's that's what he's a backup for. Yeah. Right. You don't. I don't think you'd go and put a goalie up in the stands when he can just sit on the bench and pick up tendencies from ice level that you wouldn't see from the press box. Right. If you're a goalie, you're you're watching the game. You're watching your players. You're yeah. studying the. Sometimes game. it's just better to get that view of how things are moving, mm-hmm. the speed of of the game, but. Um, What's a player that uh, we usually do this? That you're looking forward to taking the next step? The next step? Uh, oh, geez, man. I wasn't expecting this one. <laughs> but on the on the roster itself, I'd probably have to say... I mean, I think I said Miles Mueller last year. Yeah. And... He did. <laughs> he had a really good year. I don't want to take him again. Um, but um, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Gabe Smith. Uh, I think if um, if the plan is for him to park his ass in front of the net on the power play, yeah. uh, that's a big boy, and he's going to get some rebounds. And um, I think uh, I think he started to play his best hockey towards the end of the season last year. And I think he's I think that's that's a, a kind of a motivation for him to get this season off to uh, off to a good start too, because he's probably going to start on the third line. He's probably going to play with a Connor Trenum and a, maybe a Miles Mueller. Maybe a Miles Mueller. Like that's a, and those are two Connor Trenum's a leader, uh, and Mueller's been around long enough as well to, to help him out. And he's got that size. He's I want to be a little more physical, uh, and I think if he starts throwing his weight around, he could uh, he could be a force. Yeah, um, I can't remember who I picked last year. I think it was a defenseman. Um, but I think it's Mercier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had that wonderful, you almost walked out because I gave him a D grade as a joke. And um, you saw flashes of it last year when yep. he played with, I don't want to say talented players because everybody in this team is talented. But when he played with the higher skill guys in the top six, you kind of saw him take off. And um, I think that's a guy I'm looking for to kind of take the next step as, as a goal scorer because we're going to need goals. Um, in that top six, and I think he's one that, if he can stay in that top six, stay healthy, um, I think I'm looking for big things offensively from him, especially if he's in the lotion spot mm-hmm. on the second power play. Like he's got a great shot, and I know Carey has got the same thing, but I think if he gets power play minutes, I think offensively you're going to see him kind of just take off and take that next step, and that's exactly what we want to see. We kind of had him when he's been in and out of the lineup, bottom six, top six. I think this is the year that he kind of stays in that top six and kind of takes off. Yeah, because late birthday, so it is his NHL draft year. Yeah. Uh, so I think he wants to have a big season for that reason. And uh, I think the key for him is be stay healthy. Uh, there's there's a couple guys in that lineup that... Um, the key is to stay healthy. Yeah, like <laughs> OJs and the Merciers. You know, these guys have got to stay healthy and have big years. Because uh, if, if we can stay healthy, I think this, the team has, has the opportunity to do some damage. Yep. All right. Rookie of the year. Wildcats, Wildcats rookie, of year. rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, it, it's going to be Dinya. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's no respect to Maverick Welk and Sean Carrier and Nathan Zelinsky and Gloss and Dubray. It's uh, but Dubray is it? Du- Nathan Dubray. Dubray. Okay. So my English is Dubrell is not correct. Dubrell. Dubray. All right. Uh, I, I th- logically, you have to go with Dinwiddie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's if, if that was eighty mm-hmm. percent, yeah, yeah, yeah I, you I, have to. I mean, it's it's probably already carved in the trophy for all we know. <laughs> yeah. But 
Um, no, it's there's there would have to be something would have to go drastically wrong for him not to be the the Wildcats rookie of the year. And your Wildcats MVP. Um, you know what, Jacob Steinman. Oh, all yeah. right. I'll go Jacob Steinman. I think people were, you know, you're you got to look at the Loshing, uh, but I think it the you're gonna you're gonna win games in net, and I th- I think he's gonna have a workload this year, uh, and I think he's got the the stamina to to be able to play that increased workload. Yeah. So yeah, I think I gotta go Simon. I think he's um, he's probably the guy who's going to get probably 75% of the starts. And if he can perform like he did last year, I think it's between him and Loshing. And I, there's Loshing's going to have the support enough to... Is he really going to be the most valuable player? Probably not. Hmm. That's why I think it'll be Simon. I'm going to go with uh, who I also think will be the captain of the team. I'm going to go with that team around. Yeah. I think he... I, I honestly think he has a legitimate shot to lead this team in points and um i think if he does that captain leads the team in points um i I think it's him and i think it's for the same reason you talked about in the back end and it's going to be i mean if steinman is very good etienne moran on the back end is going to be very good in front of him um so yeah i think moran will be named captain at the home opener as well um i think he'll be our our mvp um do you think Moran will be captain? You need to go that route? Um, I, think I won't lie. They, they I'm, done, I'm done with the one and dones. They should. Yeah. Because um, you're right. It, it's they've, they've, They have to have somebody that's going to be here this year, next year, and the year after that. And a half year after that. Yeah. Like she, yeah. You, you need to start having a, a voice yeah. that's going to be the voice for the next few seasons you know it's uh is he vocal enough we're not in the locker room we're not in the locker room right like that's i think that's been the issue the past couple of years is we haven't had a vocal leader like a pelche or a hudson right um so we need someone that's vocal uh that's going to lead on and off the ice and i yeah i think it's it's i think he'd be a very good fit uh and surround him with uh with a Bhutan and a trenum and a plandowski and his those are guys that you can also rely on. That's like any other game could turn around yeah. and, and wear a C, but they're also kind of in their last years with the team. So it's, you're right. I'm kind of done with the one, the one and done. Yeah. Let's have somebody that's going to wear it this year, the next year and the year after that. And just three, a captain, an assistant and an assistant. I was looking back. Um, and in 2020, 2021, when it was Forte and Hudson as captains, there was 13 assistant captains named mm-hmm. down that list. So just, I like your Bhutan, Trenholm as your A's, and then Moran as the C. But uh, we're going on a road trip. We are. So we should probably talk to the guy to finish our maritime division and set up the road trip. Yes, do it. All right. I like it. View from the other bench. All right, our final stop in our preseason look around the Maritime Division, and it actually sets up perfectly uh, as we're getting ready to open the season against them. That's the Cape Breton Eagles, and we are pleased to be joined by friend of the show with the second most appearances, Pat McNeil. Sir Pat, uh, welcome back to Canada. Are you rested and ready for another season? I rested, relatively speaking, I guess. Definitely, I think, getting close to ready. A little bit crestfallen with the news that I'm second in appearances. We may have to change that as the season goes on, but... Certainly, doing podcasts like this definitely get you ramped up, and going to be a good season. Particularly, I think for our teams in the Maritime Division, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think you're much behind Jamie Tozer, but uh, you are behind Jamie Tozer. So, well, gotta... Jamie is everywhere, so he's really <laughs> tough to compete against. That is true. So, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know how much of camp you've been around for, or paying attention while you're down in Kentucky and all over the United States, but. I guess just what's the atmosphere of, of uh, what camp was like um, and then getting into the season, the expectations. I mean, I think they're pretty high in Cape Breton. Yeah, I didn't get to see a lot of camp action, but have been around the team a lot after the team was picked. And there's a good vibe in the team. 
Lou Robitaille obviously comes in, new head coach. There's new energy there, and it seems like the players are responding to him positively, which is good to see. You never know that how that's going to go. He can be a demanding coach, but so far it seems like the players like being pushed, so it's good. And a lot of guys returning, if you look at the makeup of this team, I think one of the subtle stories of the offseason in Cape Breton is that this has truly become Sylvain Couturier's team because he inherited a team that after the 2021-2022 season was obviously a rough year for the Eagles at the bottom of the league. In that offseason, he had to make a lot of moves to get younger to build the contend in the future, but then he had to go get some older, not so much stopgap, but veteran players to kind of fill the roster. This year, as opposed to the beginning of last season when you only had seven returning players, this year you've got 13 guys returning, plus three of the rookies are affiliate players from last season, so the 2022 draft class kind of getting its time to shine. So it's obviously pieces coming in with Cole Burbage and Cam McDonald up front particularly, and you know you have two new imports as well, but I think as much of anything you're looking at improvement from that returning core is part of the reason you have those high expectations you speak of. And I, I talked about it in the intro. You look at Cape Breton and Moncton, and I think Halifax, obviously, as well. Maybe a bit of a three-headed monster there in the Maritimes, and it should be some good games between the those three teams, not to take for granted games against any other teams, but I think the Eagles are optimistic of being in the mix and trying to fight for a division title. Right. Yeah, Adam and I saw a lot of you at the uh, at the draft, Pat. <laughs> and uh, when, I, when I say a lot of you, we mean, of course, the back of your head. Um, and <laughs> better view, right? <laughs> yeah. We were yeah. we were privileged to uh, also be in a few of your interviews that you uh, that you did with the uh, with your draft picks, including Emil Ricard. Uh, it's uh, actually a pleasant surprise or a pleasant change, I guess you could say, to actually have a player uh, excited to, to to go to Cape Breton. I understand there's also a, an organizational connection to uh, to that pick. Uh, I guess if you could just tell us uh, your overall thoughts on uh, on him so far and uh, as as camp has progressed. Well, certainly, as you mentioned, excited to be in Cape Breton brings a, a great energy to the team. It's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts because he's somebody who doesn't like to shy away from physical play, and that might be a bit challenging at 16, especially he's a young 16. He was born in the fall. Grew up going to Voltageur games that kind of fancies himself under, after Andre Palat, who obviously he would have watched play with at Drummondville. One of the tie-ins you speak of is obviously he would have been drafted by Sylvain Couturier, and when Sean Couturier was drafted in the queue, he was drafted by Emile's father when Emile was the general manager of Drummondville. And of course, Sean Couturier to further add to that story was drafted at the draft in Cape Breton. So kind of a need to tie in there. It is going to be interesting to see what he does this season. I think he played center in the U18 ranks, probably going to be more relied upon on the wing, but you know, I think he'll get some opportunity to succeed. And as I mentioned, didn't get a chance to see much game action of him, but certainly is coming to the rink with a smile on his face. He's the only 16 year old on the team. So he's the one that's bringing the youth to this organization at the moment. And, I think he's uh, kind of chomping at the bit to get into it, and certainly we're excited to see what he brings on the ice at the major junior level. So, I I like to talk goaltending. We've we've had it every year um, with the Eagles with you, and you know it's always been a one A one B situation. You've had Rucci and Delafonte, you've had Rucci and Satney. Now you got Rucci and Milata, who we saw him stop fifty one of fifty four shots or something like that a, a week ago. Um, is this Ruchia's net, and what's the what's the confidence level behind him um, going in, into his third season? I think it's 1A, 1B again, and the team has <laughs> pretty much said as much. So yeah. Ruchia is the designated starter if there were one, but Sylvain Couturier and Louis Robitaille have both been vocal about just the way the Q schedule is, particularly with Cape Breton. The team travels so much. There's a little bit of added fatigue there. Says that you really just can't rely on one goaltender, and I think – as cliche as it is to say, that's becoming more of the case throughout the hockey world now. And you know, the Eagles are not really any exception to that. Ruccia, obviously, the more experienced of the two goaltenders. And kind of an interesting story about Ruccia from my perspective. You guys would remember that he played the third period of that last game of the year in Moncton. The Eagles had won four straight games in Moncton, and the jig was up the last game of the season. The Eagles need a win to move up the standings, and they end up losing to the Cats. Shatney gets pulled after two periods, and it was a rough night for the Eagles. And I was thinking, well, you know, the one silver lining in this is if Ruccia gets in and has a strong third, then he can get that safe percentage up maybe close to or at 900. But unfortunately, it was just one of those nights where everything was going well for Moncton. So the opposite ended up happening. And poor Rucci, as a safe percentage, went down a couple of notches <laughs> in the third period. But I think he was probably pretty happy 
obviously the playoffs were not successful for the team, but I think he was probably happy with a lot of the games we saw in the second half, particularly that game in Halifax, the second last game of the season where he took a couple of valuable points for the Eagles. But he's obviously being pushed by a bit of an unknown. I say, you know, you never really know how the imports are going to adapt to North America. Malata obviously looked really good at the U18s and, as you said, was very impressive in preseason action. So I think it's a scenario where Ruccia would be the designated starter by way of having experience. But he comes into camp knowing that he's got a guy looking over his shoulder because obviously Malata's the future. Right. Time will tell if he's the present as well. And you know, certainly we'd love to see what he gave in the U18, but also would like to see some strong games from Ruccia like we saw in some of those games we saw in the second half. And his stat line is kind of improving every year, as goaltenders tend to do. Whether it improves enough for him to keep getting the load in the crease, well, that's why they play the games, and we'll have to yeah. wait and see. Of course, it's a big season for uh, Thomas Lavois going into his uh, NHL draft year. Uh, do you expect him to, I guess, be a part of the the leadership group this year in Cape Breton? And what sort of projection uh, do you see him taking? Because statistically, uh, people will say he didn't have the greatest season as a 16-year-old, but some will say that uh, he actually had a really good 16-year-old season. So where do you see him, I guess, uh, on the leadership group this season and, and statistically as well? I think he'll have a voice in the dressing room. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether or not he would have a letter or not, there's a lot of returning players, particularly on the blue line. So I wouldn't say, although it wouldn't be shocking. It's it's, it's, it's possible. The big thing with Thomas is he really bulked up in the offseason. 6'4", 220 pounds. This is a big guy heading into his draft year. And as for his season last year, Jeremy, to your point, you know, stats don't tell the whole story, particularly for a defenseman. He and a lot of the other Eagles defensemen who were playing last year were relied to play heavy minutes it's interesting. The Eagles not only suffered a lot of injuries on defense last year, but it was a quirk that early in the season, they suffer a lot of injuries early game, which means that not only guys, not only were guys moving up the chart, but they were playing a lot of minutes in games where the team only had 5D. So he was the recipient of that ice as much as anybody he had both him and Xavier Degler, rookie defenseman playing upwards of 25, 30 minutes. Obviously, you know, a best defenseman is going to make mistakes in that scenario, much less a guy who's a rookie in the QMJHL. You know, the offense, you hopefully you see that come this year. It'll be interesting, though, because he might be a bit more insulated than you expect because of all the returning guys like Bigger comes back, Shortle, Schmidt. You know, certainly he's going to have his opportunity, but maybe that's also going to inspire him. The fact that he's not just fighting for a draft position, you know, top four ice in the back end is not always going to be guaranteed with all the other guys there. But I think the expectations are pretty high for him. And based on what we saw last year, you know, he's not in first rounds of mocks yet, you know, maybe he could work his way up there, but I think there's a lot of excitement as to what he can bring this year. And as I said, he's certainly a beefed up heading into this sophomore year of junior hockey. So some of those returning guys that come back, they were part of the uh, the Eagles that uh, went six and three in nine games against us um, last year. And of course, you've added—I mean, you added Braden Schmidt, but you've added Cam McDonald. You've added one of the bigger trades of the off season in Cole Burbage. Um, I guess just from a fan's perspective, is this a cup or bust year? Like this is a have Sylvan push all in, or is this a year one of a two-year window? Um, learning to win in the playoffs because it's not easy to win in the playoffs. You got to learn how to do that. And Moncton did that last year with you know winning that first round series and then moving into to Halifax. You got to learn that. So, what is the fan expectation? Is it a a Christmas that's going to be full of some moves and it's it's all in, or or um, win a couple rounds and we're happy with that? And next year is kind of when we want to get uh, get to where we want to go. I would say it's more the latter. Obviously, you're never happy with losing, but to use the window open analogy, it's almost like the team is opening up the window halfway with the intention of pushing it all the way open the next year. That's kind of one way I would look at it. You know, there is an expectation and a need really for the team to have some playoff success. It's not a championship or bust, but it's this team needs to be pretty good right now. And I think the pieces are there both from that internal development and also bringing in guys like McDonald and Burbage and we'll see how the Europeans adapt with Stahan up front as well as Mulata and Nets. So there's definitely a hope that this is going to be a, a year where this team takes a step forward. Interesting because, you know, maybe the true powerhouses of the league lie in the West, but I think the East might be a deeper conference. You take a look at what Quebec did last year, obviously they're vastly depleted, but all the teams right under Quebec are all teams that should come back pretty consistent to what they were last year. Yeah. So 
with all the moves the Eagles made, they should be you know at least able to keep pace, but they're going to get a push from everyone else. So it's going to be tough sledding in the Eastern Conference, but pretty fun to watch. And expectations are are high in Cape Breton as they should be. You know, fans uh, pay money to go to games, so they should have high expectations. And they've been waiting a long time to see their team succeed in the playoffs. And I think the team is in position to do that this year to a degree. But as I said, there won't be many easy games in the East this year, so it should be a pretty fun year for a neutral fan. It might be frustrating for these good teams when they get in each other's way, but for a neutral fan, there should be some good games for sure. Yep. And that leads in perfectly to uh, our final question, uh, talking about the battle of the East and the West. Uh, you know, we like to ask uh, this to you pretty much every year, but uh, if you could just maybe give us your prediction on uh, the two teams who will face off against each other for the league championship. That is a very good question. And, oh boy, I it's it's tough. I feel like the, the powers may be in the West. We could be lined up for a Rodin Aranda Victoriaville final. That's kind of my first instinct. With Rodin Aranda, it's just be it's not so much the team that they have, although it is a very good team. It's the fact they made so many moves in the offseason that you think, well, they're they're not fooling around. If they went out and got Langlois, Russo, Lashko, and Varro, and obviously Victoriaville was sort of setting the table, you know, we don't know if Frederick Brunet is going to be back this year, but there's still a lot of pieces there. So those are the two teams that kind of stick out in my head, but, you know, Halifax, it's really going to be interesting to see how much of their success was dependent on Doucette Lawrence last year. There's that outside chance. Jordan Dumais makes the NHL. That obviously throws a lot of wrinkles into things. And, you know, as I said, Halifax is going to get pushed by the Eagles. They're going to get pushed by Moncton. They'll get pushed by Ramuski and Bacomo as well. Probably throw Shakutami in there. Uh, so that's they would be the team, though, I'm kind of most looking at. And then Drummondville as well is going to be interesting, although they kind of have a core that hasn't been where they've wanted the last few years. But, you know, head coaching change there, so it could be time. Instinctively, my my first gut reaction would be Rouen and Victoriaville, but I think there might be maybe more depth in the league this year. I don't uh, don't envision anybody walking to a title. And as I said, I think that should make for some pretty pretty fun hockey for fans to watch. Well, that went uh, five sweep for Rouen. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least Rouen is the expectations are there. And you know what? I, I will say this, though, Adam. I think a lot of that is just based on the fact they've made so many moves. And yeah. this is not discrediting the players that are coming back, but I don't see that roster as being heads above the rest of the league. Don't no. get me wrong. I, you know, a lot of good pieces, a really good team, but you know, there's going to be some good competition in this league, and they're going to have to work for, for every win they get. Absolutely. And like I said, like Ruren is there, and we're not going to hold you to this prediction. We will give you a chance, uh, like we've given everyone a chance, to come back on the trade deadline shows and – you know, because that's going to affect a lot of things. There's injuries. There's teams playing their expectations. There's team not playing. So we'll let you come back and change your prediction if you want if the, at the trade deadline show if that works for you. Always. I very much appreciate the opportunity to not look like a fool, which is not always <laughs> easy in this game, as you guys know. No, it's uh, stay away from technology and you'll be fine. Speaking yeah, that's that's probably a good first step. Uh, first that's what I've learned. A lot, of, a lot of aspects. Yeah. Speaking of fools, uh, really looking forward to our uh, our trip to Cape Breton this weekend. Yes, and this will be, I guess, breaking news for those listening. Da-na-na. The tentative plans are to feature Adam and Jeremy on the air live on Saturday, and hopefully we can repurpose some of this audio for Friday's broadcast. Definitely looking forward to seeing you guys at Center 200, and I look forward to the post-podcast as well, not just your impressions on the two teams, but also your impressions of the Center 200 experience, as it were. I'm looking forward to the yeah. post-game celebrations. Yeah, yeah we've, we've, well, we've dug into the post-game scenarios with you, and you know, are my last question to you, I was a little sad to find out there's no, let's call them adult establishments in Nova oh, Scotia, yes, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, we're just pumped to both visit the Center 200 um, for the first time and, you know, just experience that. And again, like I said to Corey last week, I mean, this show can't progress the way it has without you guys in the media treating us uh, with respect and coming on and giving us the time. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely excited to get to Cape Breton next Friday. Well, happy to do so. Happy to have you guys and happy to be on the show as well. I think it's reciprocated because it's good to have people who take on their own project and show enthusiasm for the league. And if people are going to be enthusiastic about covering the league, that's not something that should be turned down. I think the cats, you know, they should be thankful that you guys are giving them a lot of good free publicity. I know you guys are cranking out the player interviews and all that. It's good stuff. So definitely looking forward to see what your impressions are of Sydney, because I know you've had the chance to go to some of the other rinks, but it's funny because of the way distance works. Moncton is a, a close opponent for us, but 
we're a far <laughs> opponent for you. So a bit yeah. more of a adventurous road trip for you to come to Cape Breton. And, you know, maybe you can uh, take route to route 125 on the way down and route four on the way back. So you see both sides of the Verdor lakes and have a good time during your weekend, both off and on the ice away from the rink. Yeah. Noted. I mean, on the ice doesn't depend on what we do. That's, that's for sure. But it's, it's exciting. I think it was supposed to happen last year too, is back-to-back games on opening weekend. And I, I think that's, Something they should do all the time, whether it's go there or come here, just establish that back-to-back rivalry on open weekend and set things up. But, yeah, again, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, man, and uh, we'll see you Friday. Thanks, guys. Look forward to it. Last note I'll say, sometimes these back-to-back games, they don't look like each other at all. So yeah, what you see Friday, don't necessarily expect to see Saturday, but I do expect two good games and look forward to seeing, it, seeing you guys as well. Thanks again. Yeah, no problem, Pat. I'm, I'm pumped to go to Cape Breton. Yeah, me too. I guess not Cape Breton, Sydney. Um just as you know both of our first games doing this both of us being up with pat mm-hmm. uh, in the intermission um i just don't know what to expect from the game i don't know what to expect from the two games i mean Cape breton has basically run our show for the past two season or last season and into this kind of preseason and just I, I don't know what to expect from these two games i think that record against Cape breton is is on the bill Bull, 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 bulletin board, bulletin board, yeah. Yeah. whiteboard, whatever the they whiteboard, call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the message. Don't let this team control you like they did last year. Uh, and I think the the key of these games will be who's back. Yes, for right? both sides. Yeah, both sides. Yeah. It, it's uh, you know, can we get a couple guys back? You know, will they have a couple guys back? It's 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 going to come. I think the game comes down to. Who's who's in the lineup and who's not, uh, and yeah, Maloda is a goalie who's capable of facing fifty shots a night. Yeah, and which kind of leads me to believe that, given Bruccia as a nineteen-year-old, he would be a very solid backup acquisition for a contending team. Yeah, not 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 even a backup like that's someone who could easily step in to be a starter as well. And that's what I mean. Like if there's a team that is legit all in and they want a one, two punch, I think Rucci is the first guy you're calling about. Your transitions this preseason are unbelievable. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're going to, yeah. The the problem with that is depending what type of jump he gets off to, right? Mm -hmm. Because do you, especially with the, the expectations that we talked about with Pat from this team this season. I mean, do you want to put it in the hands of a 16-year-old and you move your 19-year-old at the trade deadline at Christmas? I mean, why not? I mean, if it's... Depending what their window is, right? And that's fine. Like, next year is their year, right? There's It's it's lining up like the COVID year where Moncton and Cape Breton will be the two teams. God, those were good series. Yeah. like Those, those were good season series. And by that time, Maloda will be 18. Yeah. And he's got one full year under his belt. He's capable of being the number one with Cape Breton as, as an 18-year-old. Yeah. It's, um, I fully expect Rucci to be dealt. Uh, he's, I do, too. And we'll find out why in a minute. But, yeah, I do, too. There's, uh, that, that'll, they'll get a very good return for him, too. And he will solidify the, the, the goaltending for one of the contending teams, whether he goes down the road to Halifax or does the furthest route, Cape Breton to, to Rouen. You know, it, it's Drummondville maybe, but he's he's going to get traded. I, I think it would be a mistake if Ruccia stays the whole season in Cape Breton. Yeah. Yep. That's, let's find out why I think that. Uh, so, um, we're going to get into our prediction part of the show. Um, I don't even know how much we hit last year. I'm pretty sure we got the MVP correct, but other than that, I'm not sure how we did on the Rookie of the Years. But um, So, yeah, you've heard from everybody else for our finals predictions. So, Corey Arsenault had Ren and Halifax. Jamie Tozer had Ren and Halifax. Willie Pavlov, again, Ren and Halifax. Johnny Rocket had Ren and Moncton. And Pat had Ren and Victoriaville. We're not mm-hmm. going to get into ours just yet. Um we're going to go MVP yeah. of the league. Uh, I'll kick it off. And it is uh, the unquietest trade of the offseason. Um, it's Ethan Gauthier uh, in Drummondville. I think he is the MVP. Now, this is prefaced, prefaced, whatever it is, 
by you two weeks ago saying Jordan Dume will not be in Halifax right. until after the World Juniors. Mm-hmm. If he comes back for the full season, I'm still going to stick with Coach A, but I still think it it'll be a lot tougher. It'll be those two kind of as they go. Mm-hmm. But if Jordan Dume stays in um, Columbus with their new coach who used to be in Cape Breton, it's Ethan Gauthier. Yeah, and I, I can see that. I mean, for me, obviously, if Jordan Dume is in Halifax the entire season, he's he might the, be the CHL player of the year. He's yeah, he's the league MVP yeah. and very possibly the CHL MVP. Now, a few weeks ago, I said it's Halifax's season will depend on on where he is. Yeah. Um. There's been some things that have happened in Columbus yeah, um, over the things, past yeah. couple of days yeah. that I think will lead to Dume being with Columbus. Yeah, his path got a little brighter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a younger voice behind the bench in Pascal Vincent, um, former Cape Breton Eagles head coach. I think... A young mind like him mm-hmm. will focus on Dume sticking around, whether that's all season, whether that's until the World Juniors, and he gets sent back. I think he sticks with Columbus. Not maybe not all season, but I'm saying he's going to start the season um, with Columbus. Six points in his first preseason game. Yeah. I shouldn't say preseason game, rookie game. Yeah. He's, uh, he can play at the level. Yep. Um, so, with that being said, league MVP, I am going to Rouen. Okay. Daniil Bourache. They're Belarusian import. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think him and Antonin Vero will be deadly all season. Uh, Bourache will probably get 50, 60 goals, uh, maybe even more, and they'll be fed by Vero. Um, so it's going to be one of those two. But I also think, you know, Vero with his injury last year um, might get off to a slower start, just the transitioning period. Uh, but I think Burash, he's been scoring goals left and right ever since he came to the league three years ago. Um, so I'm going with Daniel Burash. All right. All right. Uh, your rookie of the year. League. Yeah. All right, folks. This is very difficult for us. <laughs> so I've kind of divided it a little bit. Uh, I know this is kind of unfair because I don't, with all due respect to imports, I feel there should be an import rookie of the year and there should also be a under 17 rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. 16 and 17, yeah. So... Um, the league rookie of the year, I've kind of tossed some names around. I was going with uh, Caleb Denoyer. I was going with Louis-Francois Boulanger in Bathurst. I was even going with Raoul Boilard in Bay Como. Is that the one they drafted or the one they acquired? The one that they acquired. Okay. Yeah. I think. One of the <laughs> one two. One of the two. Um, now, I'm going to take a import rookie of the year who I think is just going to be an import that's going to put up so many points that you can't do that last year with Malowski too yeah yeah. so it'll be Yuri Klima with Schwinnigan but that's not my league rookie of the year I am actually I decided to stay is that home. a relation to Peter Klima I don't think so okay no I have decided to stay at home and take Caleb Denoyer as my league rookie of the year just I mean how can you not yeah uh, Belanger will as good as he's been in the preseason, I don't know if he's going to put up the same type of numbers in the regular season. And I just saw way too much from Dinway against that game in Bathurst, knowing he's only 80% to say no to that. I just... I think he's... It's too... It's the safe pick, and it's the good pick. Yeah... It is, and we talked about this at the game, and I, I thought it, you know, this was before the game actually happened. I think mm-hmm. I said it was gonna, I was gonna pick Carrier, and then the game happened, and um, 
Denway. I mean, that eighty percent was better than pretty much everyone on the on the ice. Um, I just I go back to our draft prep and our draft shows, mm-hmm. and Denway was going to be the two hundred foot player, and you said Emil Gite was going to be the scorer, and he was going to lead the league uh, for rookies. So I'm going to go with Denway's teammate. Uh, for Shakutami, I'm gonna go with Emil Gite um, as my rookie of the year. Love it. Because, like, it's usually the guy that puts up the most points as a rookie, and I just mm-hmm. I think he's gonna have all the opportunity in that. I mean, there's four rookies for the Sags yeah. playing there, and I mean, you look at the draft class. Just we're gonna be so. If you don't have your season tickets or you haven't bought tickets yet, um, I mean, you look at the draft class. It's gonna be coming through Gite. Lacan, Wang, just from Shakutami itself. But, I mean, Rudy Lampron, uh, Phil Veilleux and Valdor. Um, there's there's going to be some good guys coming through um, coming through here. So now we get to the Gilles Courteau Trophy mm. um, final. I'll let you go first. <laughs> I got one team figured out. Um, so they're going to acquire Ruccia. And I'm sticking with my 1A, 1B goaltending situation. Um, one of the teams is Drummondville. Okay. Um, you know, I was kind of toying with teams, and then I, I can't remember who you were talking to or who we were talking to off air, but you said they're going to have um, Kote back all season. They're going to have Maverick, Lamaru back all season. Um, so I think Ruchia will be dealt to Drummondville. It's and, I mean, just stuff. like Shewinigan when I picked them with a the one-two punch, and then Victoriaville last year with a one-two punch. Now, again... I really wish the queue would go east-west because it would be so much easier to pick east-west, but they go to the league when they get into the top four. So I don't know if we're going to have an Eastern Conference team. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be Drummondville and Victoriaville. Oh, I think, I think that's those, a rivalry. I think, yeah, I think those are your finals. If they can avoid each other um, in the Western Conference, I think that's your, um, that's your final. Because because of the fact that it goes league wide yeah. and it ranks one through four and two versus three, if it was strict west east, um, I think your east final would be Moncton and Baycomo. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to pick Baycomo. I just don't think they have the assets to go in this year, and yeah. I think they're trending next year with Cape Breton and Moncton to be three of the top four teams. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Victoriaville and Drummondville, and I made that Victoriaville pick. Right meow. <laughs> Because if you look on our, our thing, I had Drummondville versus blank because yeah, I, did, I yeah. was toying between three or four teams, but the way the league sets it up in the final, uh, in the semifinal to go to the four top teams in the league, I think it'll be two Western Conference teams. No, it's uh, I, Drummondville and Victoriaville are literally neighbors. Well, and Victoriaville, Drummondville eliminated Victoriaville yeah, last year. So. That would be a freaking good final. Um, and okay. a team in Victoriaville that won it all. Yeah. Flipped it real quick and is back in the finals yeah. two years later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I've they they made way too many good moves in the at, at, in the off season to yeah. to count them out. Um, prior little earlier, I said maybe Ruccia would be a good landing spot in Rouen. Then I realized that they have Kyle Hagen as yeah. their backup, so I, I doubt that's going to be a landing spot for for Ruccia. So you're probably on the right path where where it's drum and built i can't look past Rouen. i i have to i have to go with them it's uh it, it, will be good uh but at the same time i just think Rouen is going to have that extra firepower uh for them to uh, to get past Drummondville. um yeah you're right the second team is tough i've i've mauled <laughs> no. over i've mauled over so many um you know, I looked at, at Bay Como and I was like, okay, well, um, they, they've got the Bolard brothers now that are going to have, you know, that brotherly chemistry. Yeah. Shiarlo, uh, who almost won them the series against Moncton Keep it under four year. goals, and he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Poirier and, and, and Dufour and Malofsky and, and all those guys are back this year. It's, it's hard not to ignore them. They have a first this year and a third, and then a first and a third next year to make yeah. some moves. However, ladies and gentlemen, 
close off Main Street, folks, because we're having ourselves a parade in June. Nice. Because the Wildcats, I, I shouldn't say parade, but yeah, it's I, I honestly, I, I. So we're heading to Saginaw. We're not heading to Saginaw. Okay. No, I'm just saying this is my prediction. I'm not. I'm not saying we're going to win a trophy oh, okay. here. Well, you said parade. So I, I know. I know. Well, I was like, we're heading to Saginaw. Yeah. I know where that is. We're gonna have a final two parade. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, no, I'm. There's just something inside me um, that tells me that a Dume is just not coming back. Yeah. B. Cape Breton has just not proven they can get to that next level. Yep. Um. And other than that, There's, I mean, it's not if you East. win the division, you're you're automatic yeah. top three, right? Yeah. Top three, and that's going to give home ice for at least two rounds. And and if you win the conference, you should get you get home ice in round three too because yeah. you're one of and the top two it's teams. It's like Moncton has a very good chance to win the conference, right? And it's it all leans on. The Halifax situation, and again, something tells me that you won't see Dume back until January. Mm-hmm. And at that point, where is Halifax? Yeah, right. Can are they close enough that they can say, "Okay, we're doing it, we're all in," or are they so far behind that they're just like, "Let's sell off, maybe try next year." You know, it's and something just tells me deep down inside that. They're going to decide, let's just wait till next year. Uh, Moncton will win the games they need to win. And in the second half, go on, win the division, possibly win the conference, and go head-to-head against Rouen in the final. Now, cards on the table, I didn't take Moncton because I kind of thought you were going to lean that way and we can't be that homer of a show. Yeah. Um, but I'm just... There's, There's no one in the East, and that's why I went to yeah. Western Conference teams because of the way the league sets up. But I think if Moncton is in a hot start and they've, they're they first in the conference and Dume's not back in Halifax, we're kind of not running away with it, but we're leading the pack. Mm-hmm. If we can secure the Memorial Cup, do you think there is a chance that there is a guy in Gatineau as a 19-year-old? Savoie? No, the other one. Luno? Yeah. No. To solidify the defense, he's not back next year. He's he's okay. He's gonna be back, but he's in that situation where the team keeps him and then sends him back because we have the more. This all hinges on because we have the Memorial Cup. And I've, I've asked you this a few times. I've gone back and forth, I'm but not I, good. I'm not doing it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not looking ahead that far, man. Yeah. Like it's it's no. I keep because the moves at the Christmas trade deadline are going to kind of coincide with having the Memorial Cup, right? Well, yeah, but the Memorial Cup won't be decided until January, February. Is it that the, late? The host, yeah. So oh, your okay. trade period will be over by the time. I thought it was like late November for some reason. So there's, I don't think there's going to be any drastic moves. Okay. There's nothing that needs, there's no. There's no obvious holes. No, there's not. But I also think there is going to be a move made that a player is out. But at the same time, a player comes in that's mm-hmm. a year younger. So it's going to be, yes, the moves will be made to be good in the second half, but also better yourself the following year. That's the moves that will be made. There's a couple players that I think you could probably get some assets for, but also still be in a spot to sell, but win. Right. Like there's, there's, there's going to be a... More like a happy medium with any trades that are made this year. And you know what? We got two and a half months before we discuss. Yeah. Trades are going to go. So, um, yeah, that's that'll do it for this episode. Um, thanks again to Pat McNeil for jumping on with us uh, this week to look at the Eagles season as well. Mm-hmm. Get us ready for the matchup. Um, again, that we will be at. Um, so stay tuned to our social medias. We'll be there um, for both games this weekend and all the fun activities outside of the arena, which, yes. like we said could be you going to bed at 9:30 cuz you're the well, yeah, early riser. Possible, you know, you know. <laughs> but we don't have to get up. We can we can party it up uh, and see how it uh, see how it goes. So, um yeah, some updates this season. Uh, we're going to be going to as many live games as we can uh, to cover this team, uh, interviews when we can. 
Um, we have a new title sponsor this year. Uh, it'll be Alpha's Appliance Solutions. They have graciously agreed to join us um, as our presenting sponsor, so they will present the show. They will do all of our interviews, pre-game, post-game. Um, still going to have the post-game show. I believe I'm going to move it to YouTube. Uh, I think I've found a, a way to get comments as well. People can join a link, and they'll be able to have their voice on the show, and, and we'll go from there. Um, and again, huge shout-out to our longtime sponsors, Eric Murray Realty and Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. They're back for another season of the Stick Tap and the Wildcast Wildcat of the week. Again, it's for real now. Mm-hmm. There's no reset of the uh, of the standings now. It's it's go time. And, uh, yeah, tickets are on sale, single-game tickets. A couple nays you, you might want to pay attention to. September 30th, November 24th. Um, that's it for Jeremy. I'm Adam. See you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.